Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to School of Thought, our weekly look at the betting market and any opportunities we may have to uh, buy into an undervalued team or sell an overvalued team. As a reminder, last week, the overvalued team was Stetson, the undervalued team was BC. We'll talk about those in a minute and how that all played out. But this segment of Hit the Books is presented by Circus Sports. Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips at Circus Sports. Experience big app bets with the highest limits, better money line splits with the lowest hold, the best customer service, and more. Sports betting on the go has never been better. Now you can download, fund, and bet like a pro anywhere in Nevada. Get your new book today at circusports.com. So jump right into it. I talked about BC last week, dipping all the way down to 201 in Ken Palm. They had two relatively sweat-free covers. Uh, and it's it seemed that people were onto this pretty quickly because the UNC game on Wednesday opened plus 17, closed at 14. They were that cover was really never in doubt, lost by eight. And then on Saturday, opened plus seven, plus seven and a half at Notre Dame, closed plus five. So another pretty big dip uh, from open to close. And they cruised to a pretty easy double digit win at Notre Dame. The sell Stetson uh, was up to 180 at the time of recording last week. A little tougher. Uh, Kennesaw opened plus three and a half at Stetson on Thursday. They took immediate money. That closed, I think, pick or even Kennesaw minus one. Wild game in overtime that Kennesaw pulled out by a point. But I believe all the Kennesaw numbers covered nonetheless. But again, another one that took, you know, there was immediate money there against Stetson. There was immediate money against Stetson again on Saturday against JSU. That number, I think the soft opener was like eight, eight and a half. That closed all the way down at five. And some weird, you know, typical end of games, college basketball variants at the end. Uh, Stetson, one by six, covered some numbers, didn't cover others. But turning the page to this week, same type of concept. One team who looks overvalued, one team who looks undervalued. We'll start this week with the undervalued team. One I've been keeping an eye on for a while. I've bet them a few times. It's gone well, uh, including against Ball State last week when they were 10-point dogs and lost by a point. Western Michigan hired Dwayne Stevens this offseason. Uh, complete culture change, complete scheme change, a massive overhaul in every conceivable way for a guy who spent, I think, 15, 20 years on Tom Izzo's bench at Michigan State. So you knew things would be different this year for the Broncos, but it was going to be a bit of a project taking a, you know underachieving roster, not the worst roster, but an underachieving roster under the previous regime and trying to make it competent. There are certainly signs of that over the last few weeks that it's happening. Uh, they're up. They dipped, I think, as, as low as around 315 this year. They're up to 286 now, but I think there's more room to grow. And last week, we took a look at some uh, charts from Shot Quality, trying to find disparities you know, within the market from the Ken Palm number to the Shot Quality number. Uh, same type of thing this week. Take a look. 
Shot quality overall ranked 249, Ken Palm 286. My own personal ranking on WMU is actually even a little higher. The shot quality is I'm somewhere in the 230s. So I think there's a pretty big disparity here. My own power rating system, what I use to make my own lines, if I take this scale, if I say I think there's a you know 40 spot difference between these two, that equates to about three points in this neck of the woods, you know, down here. It's that's how I do my scaling. So if I'm getting three, three and a half points on WMU every game right now, that's a pretty good deal. I uh, you know the ball state game I had them uh a little bit earlier, a couple weeks ago as well. I can't remember who, but there's some promising signs here. The shot selection number looks pretty ugly, but if you sort on shot quality just within conference games, you'll see that they're third in shot selection in MAC games. A bunch of other offensive categories, they're like third, fourth, fifth. So at this point, they're a top half offensive team in the MAC. Ken Palm actually, too, kind of mirrors this. They're fifth of 12 MAC teams in offensive efficiency in conference games. So I think it's fair to say at this point, they are a top half offensive team within the league. And now it's a good offensive league or, well, it's really a bad defensive league in general, depending on your point of view. But, you know, still a pretty bad defense by max standards. But they're priced right now down with the dregs of the league with like Bowling Green, uh, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois. I think they're a little better than that. So I'd, I'd say it's fair to put them right around the 240, 245 range. Uh, so pretty good value there moving forward. A tough one tonight with Ohio that I didn't touch, but I, I do think it was a little bit high, uh, but ended up letting it go. Moving to the overvalued team, I actually think of the two, this is the slightly stronger one this week. This team has been absolutely on fire, or you could look at it and say nobody has made a damn shot against them recently. But you may remember this team from a month ago when they were the only thing on TV over Christmas at Diamond Head. And Seattle wasn't that great. They were blown out by Utah State in the opener. They were not particularly competitive with Iona the next day. And then they they beat GW in the who cares seventh place game. But this team, I and I think many others said at the start of the season, they lost Darian Trammell. They had what felt like a charmed season last year with just great vibes. Interim coach who came in and everything was just kind of rolling. And then losing Trammell the guy who really stirred the drink thought, oh, there's no way they're going to replicate that. And I think the preseason Ken Palm rank was actually really fair because they closed last year, end of the year 139. They opened this year 161, and they hung out in that range for basically two months, like up through that Diamond Head tournament last month. They were in that 150, 160 range with no fluctuation. And then out of nowhere, the last two, three weeks, this team is a firecracker. They go from 161 to 108 as of today, really nothing driving this except exceptional three-point shooting and the fact that nobody can make a shot against them, even in the WAC, which is a pretty good shooting league, uh, eighth among conferences in three-point percentage. But taking a look here at the – Kempom has this ratings archive that some of you are probably familiar with, but this is over the last two weeks. They're the seventh biggest gainer in the country in terms of efficiency margin, uh, up from – this particular day, 140, they were 160 uh, a week before this, all the way up to 108. And we're two and a half months into the season for the most part. For the most part, there are, of course, exceptions. But most of these teams are who they are at this point. We have enough of a sample. We have 16, 18, 20 games for a lot of these teams. So when you see a really, really quick surge or a really, really quick dip in the rankings, there's usually only two explanations. One is that a, an important player 
either came back or went out causing it, or it's just short-term flukiness, variance, randomness, whatever the hell you want to call it. And in Seattle's case, that's exactly what this is. There is nothing driving this. It is pure flukiness shooting. Uh, and I have evidence of that because we take a look at shot qualities, game by game breakdowns. This is a what amounts to a post-game win expectancy uh, for each individual game. Very similar concept to if you've ever looked at post-game win expectancy for college football. Uh, Bill Connolly has something like this. College football data has something like this. You know, based on what transpired, you had what did happen, but what really should have happened. And it's a sport of randomness and flukiness. It's it's uh, weird shit happens. So it's useful to have this as a frame of reference. This is Seattle's seven whack games right here. The actual result and then the shot quality result. Uh, you don't need me to go through this. It speaks for itself. 67 games should have been losses based on shots taken and shots allowed. So, look, you get a game or two where you get some favorable fortune. Sure, I get it. That happens. That's that's part of the sport. But this many games in succession uh, where you just are on the right side of it, this is the second luckiest team in the country per shot quality zone metrics. It's it's tough to get luckier than Seattle's getting right now. So is this going to continue? No, it will not. I think you're buying the top of the market. Or selling the top of the market at this point, especially after the game on Saturday. They beat Southern Utah, a good Southern Utah team, by 21. Southern Utah goes one of 24 from three. That is just unheard of. That that almost seems impossible that that happened. Uh, so I think you get this like monumental final performance, and now you can start to sell. But I will say the remaining or the upcoming schedule is a little tricky because there'll be probably six point dogs or so at Sam Houston on Thursday, a really good Sam Houston team. Uh, that's a net and analytics darling. And then they go right from Sam Houston to Stephen F. Austin on Saturday. And that quick turnaround, probably the toughest road trip in the league right now to do Sam Houston and SFA in succession. That looks like a toss up game per Ken Palm Seattle projected one point dog. So, you know, I don't love the idea of fading a team running this well, you know, having to give them a bunch of points like I would with Sam Houston on Thursday. But even if you pass on that game, and I might, we'll see, there's going to be some spots to fade them over the final month, month and a half of the season, even into the conference tournament. Uh, after those two games, they'll get Abilene at home, probably be a nine, 10 point favorite there. They'll get Utah Tech at home, same type of spread. So there's going to be chances to fade the Seattle team. Even if it's not imminent, we might have to be a little bit patient with it. But the reality is this team was very fairly priced in the 150, 160 range. They get a, a two-week jolt of lightning out of nowhere for whatever reason. Uh, and now they're just vastly overvalued. And those are the types of short-term inefficiencies that that I hope to be able to exploit. And that uh, ideally this segment will draw your attention to that you might not have otherwise noticed. So till next week, thank you for watching this segment of School of Thought on Hit the Books presented by Circa. Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips at Circa Sports. Experience big app bets, better money line splits, and the best customer service. Download your new book today at circusports.com. Till next week, take care.